we have yeah. a we sound tradition now for the last it'll be three years now. Who has? We do. We do? Yeah, like how come I don't know about it? You you just don't you're just unaware of it. Okay. So Star three Wars. years ago. Yeah. But that's what Christmas is about. Three years ago. Yeah. We watched The Force Awakens. And then we recorded a podcast yes. immediately after. Yes. Last year we watched Rogue One. Yes. Did the same thing. This year we're doing the same thing and it marks three years since we started podcasting together. Now I feel like we're starting. Shall we start? Yes. So yours. Welcome to the MovieBuild.org podcast episode number 51. Yes, yes. First time. Absolutely. Not every time, but first time. Nice one. <laughs> oh man, I'm Curran. I'm Kushal. And this is a special-ish holiday edition of Star Wars. Kind yeah, of. I do feel like saying uh, you're listening to the MovieVille podcast with Karen and Kushal. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you, you might have noticed that uh, the sound over this side here sounds a lot better than it did last episode because... You sound juicy and fat. I do. That's I do sound nice. juicy and fat. Kushal has digged out, dug out. I dug, digged out. I, d- I dig it. <laughs> He took out a brand new mic that he had for 20 years, you say? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been sitting in that box for a while. Yeah. And it sounds fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I sound just as good as Gushal does now because now I'm not a backup singer. I'm one of the main guys, which is ironic seeing as I started this podcast. <laughs> I was clearing out the garage and I literally opened a, a, a sure, it's a sure mic and I, opened, I found that sure bag. There's something in it. And I was like, oh, this is weird. So I opened it up. Brand new Shaw mic that I've used like three times when I bought it about 20 years ago. And I'm, I'm privileged, I have to tell you. Yes. I'm privileged a- to have used your secondhand mic. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, that's two minutes uh, we've used up already. All right, well. Before those complaints start again, let's see where you... Shall we do a show? <laughs> hey, people care. How's your beer? Sorry, beer. I fed you a beer again because I thought it'd be, if you, it'd be funny if you're burping all over the Chris, Christmas show. <laughs> well, that's what Christmas is about, right? Yeah. Burping. It's nice. I like it. It's, um... Oh, it's just a plain old... Am- it's a premium lager. Well, it's an Amstel. An Amstel... I don't remember them doing bottles before, so I don't know if this is new or, or what this is, but, um... Yeah, it's cool. I like it. No, I do. I, I enjoy that. It's a nice beer. Nice beer with uh, some bitter overtones. What's bitter? I don't know. At all. I'm just trying to... Oh. So, catch up. You've been playing Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really wanted to play Call of Duty. Okay. And, uh, of course, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Not the new one. Not the World War Two one. Yeah. Uh, but Spacey. But Spacey. But Spacey. Spacey is the bad guy in Modern Warfare, which is, this game's a few years old, but I just wanted to get through it. But do you know what? And it's, I know no one's watching House of Cards anymore. But, and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know. He's already been paid, right? So it's not like you're supporting his thing. He's already been paid. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know, mixed feelings about this. I played the game all the way through with Spacey in it all the way through. And he was so horrible and menacing in that. And after what people feel about him, uh, it, in a weird way, added to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I felt terrible okay. saying that, but it did. Uh, but yeah, it was 
really cool. I had some time to do that, and now I've bought Halo Five because yes. you're playing it. I've been playing Halo Five for. It's an old game, isn't it? Is it yeah, old? it came out like March, I think. But we just want to play something online together. Yeah, well, we haven't played Xbox Live before, and I haven't played Xbox Live in a while. I used to play a lot, like kind of the last couple of years, but I've only just bought Xbox Well, as I bought it. My wife purchased it for me for an early Christmas present. That's nice. Um, and so, yeah, I've been playing Halo 5 online. Um, oh my God, I lie. It didn't come out this year. It came out... Six years ago? October 2015. Right, okay, fine, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've been playing it for a while. And uh, Well, that's why I got it for 10 quid. Yeah, it makes sense. Which is nice. Um, but uh, the campaign is, is probably not as riveting as some of the other Halos, but it's still fun to play with somebody else. So what's been happening in movie news? Well... Um, I think the biggest thing that's come out of uh, Hollywood, I guess, uh, is the the fact that Disney has now consumed Fox. I thought Weinstein was the biggest thing that's come out of Hollywood. Ah, <laughs> 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 um, uh, yes, Disney. Okay, so I've not been talking about this because I thought we would talk about it on the podcast. Yep. So um, I feel alarmed. How do you feel? Um, You're excited. I'm a little bit excited just because, okay, look, selfishly, Selfishly, there we go. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> pardon me. Um, I'm kind of considering the repercussions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, the things, so one of the most recent lines of comic books. The impact to what's going to happen. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So a couple of years ago, there was a, there was a, there was a comic art called um, Avengers vs. X-Men. Yes. Um... And that was the first thing I thought about. Um, but it just means now it's come at the most perfect time because now that we have Infinity War, once Infinity War is out of the way... That was a good trailer. It was an amazing trailer. That was uh, nice. Um, once, we've, once Infinity War is out of the way, I'm sure they've got stories lined up, but this opens up a world of possibilities. We don't just get to see the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy and all that together. We can potentially see... The X-Men in the same movie as the Avengers. Well, in the Logan, in the old man Logan comics, the Avengers were in it. The Avengers, you know, popped in to say, hello. Thanks for your hard work. You know, it's nice to be able to actually talk to you. We spent the last two weeks, three weeks, I don't know how long it's been. Every time a subject comes up, we're like, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. Yes. It's nice to now sit here and relax and think, I can say whatever I want and it's not a moment that we have conversation that we've missed. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I nice. don't know what to say now. Uh, I, I'm alarmed. I'm, uh, you know, if Lex Luthor okay. yeah. owned a base on the moon with yep. nuclear weapons and yep. he was protecting the earth mm-hmm. and <clears throat> NASA, uh, no, let's say the governments of the world were paying him to protect the world. Yep. And then one day he said, right, I've had enough of this. I've got, you know, uh, for unknown reasons, he sold it to the Russians. Okay. Is there anything about that situation that would alarm you? (laughs) Yeah, but we're not talking about nuclear here. We're just talking about movies. But, but, right. So Disney, okay, wait, no, I lied. No, I, okay, you're right because it's not just movies. We're talking about things like Sky News and Sky and whatever the crap. Well, I would be facing. thinking, what the hell is Lex going to do next? 
And if you look at Lex and you fast forward by about 65 years, who does he look like? Brainiac. No. Okay, he does. But I was thinking Murdoch. But anyway, um, the real Lex Luthor of our times. I. What the hell is he going to buy next? More alarming, the oligopoly, the mono- monopoly that is Disney, that is now basically owns everything. They own our entire childhood and the licenses to all of these films. Disney has just taken over everything. Our youth is owned by this one company. It's, yeah, they own Star Wars, they own Marvel, they now own 20th Century Fox, X-Men. It's just, what? What's... Is that a bad thing, though? Is a monopoly a bad thing? Are you, just, are you just jealous that they did it first? No, I'm not jealous. I feel alarmed. Genuinely alarmed. It's the eternal lie of uh, some models of economics that say that competition is good, but really just end up in oligopolies and monopolies. It, it's concerning. Okay. <laughs> so I guess what effectively what we have now, do we consider Fox as one of the big six? Mm. I mean, thirty billion pounds was it, or fifty billion dollars, or what was the sale? Yeah, sixty something. I don't know. I forget that. that if that's at what point do we say big player? Big player. Fifty-two billion. Wow, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it is it is frightening to think that Disney basically owns everything. Certainly need to buy more shares, I think. Yes. It's starting to become a, a big retirement bet for everyone. Um, it kind of makes you question, at what point will they buy Netflix and Amazon? Well, I'm sure those conversations have happened and Netflix has said no, because I'm guessing, because Netflix, are they know what they have. They even did a deal to keep the Defenders media, even though Disney was like taking everything else back, which is very impressive of them to turn around to Disney and say, uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else have you been watching? <laughs> um, well, what have you been watching? Cause we haven't talked about anything yet though. <coughs> um, I've been actually watching a couple of things on uh, Amazon slash Netflix. Yeah. Um, are you probably, have you heard of a show called this is us? Uh, I don't know. Click on the notes. See what it says. You're such a bastard. <laughs> What's it say? It says Green Lantern got his powers from Peter Petrelli in a porn stash. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's like a present. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> man, tarnishing my notes, man. Do you remember Peter Petrelli? I do. I do remember people. Oh dear. Um, have you seen it? Yes. This is us. Yes. Have you? Yes. What do you think? I was just putting that note in there to annoy you. I think it's fucking awesome. Yes. And uh, one of the best things available in the, one of the best new things available if people are looking for something to watch. Uh, I, you know, it's multi Emmy award nominated, Emmy award winning. Golden Globe nominated. Um, that the performance by uh, Mr. Ron Ron Cephas Jones, 
who's in Luke Cage as well, isn't he? he plays oh yeah, the, uh, the the father of. What was it? I've only seen two episodes. I don't. Like, oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've only no, just it's, watching it. it. Oh wow. Okay, well, I've seen loads of it, and it's fucking brilliant. Um, so good, so unique, new, necessary, relevant. Um, yes, I think that uh, my my fear with shows like this is that the pilots tend to be brilliant. Yeah. Because they've always got something on the line. And then when the season goes on, it drops in quality. What's it on? Prime. Prime, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I found so far is that it hasn't. Like, it's just the, the second episode is it's brilliant. Like, the, the, they're now exploring a relationship between... I don't know if, it's, if we're spoiling this. Hang on. So what are you going to say? Huh? <laughs> Big spoiler in there. Yeah. Uh, this exploring the relationship between these characters yeah. that kind of we we see in the first episode well towards the, first, the end of the oh, yeah, first yeah. episode yeah. Um, and it's brilliant because we don't have anything like that right now we don't have it, at least something that's been told in such a I don't know what to call it um, uh, a heartwarming way I guess I know, is, is the only way I can explain it right now um Fogley Fogler Fuggle Fuggle Fugglemans? Yeah, what? Who wrote it? The guy who made it. Basically, he wrote Cars. Crazy Stupid Love, wasn't it? And Tangled. Really? Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which is interesting. Obviously, he had this inside him when he was doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah, Dan Fogelman. That's it. Fogley Fog Fog. And uh, he's. Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. This is, uh, anyone that's watched, have you watched, did you ever watch Brother, Brothers and Sisters? No, I didn't know. This is as good as that. Okay. If not better because of the opportunity. It's, it's, it's like he's taken something like that and stripped it down to its bare naked self and said, let's just explore this. Interesting. It's, uh, it's but, very good. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite ones. I think that and Easy. The only bit that I can't get out of my head is as I'm watching him, he's just Oliver Queen. Yes, it's quite difficult to get out. Even I'm like halfway through the first season, and it's just it's difficult, but it's still good. Um, okay, easy. Tell me about easy. I haven't watched it. So we talked about this when I watched the first season, and one of the things that you said to me, and it was probably the way I just have you seen it at all. It was probably the way I described it to you and that made you not want to watch it. I said it was a brilliant, uh, um, it was an exploration, a brilliant exploration of kind of realistic relationships in the world we live in today. And then you said to me that you weren't interested in watching something like that because you see, you're not interested in kind of watching stuff that's kind of quote unquote realistic in that sense because it's stuff that you've seen already and it doesn't interest you, which is fine. What we have in season two yeah. is a lot more than that. What we have is a representation of today's society, not just in the sense of relationships, but also we're talking about class and... Um, so what, what is it about? Season two is very much kind of, it is an exploration of relationships, but it's also relationships of not just between um, people, but it's relationship between, I guess, them, your face is really putting me off, man. I want to well, punch I, you in the face. 
<laughs> it feels like you're about to say something and you're just trying to find the right moment because no, no. your hands are getting all like twitchy. No, 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 no. Um, it's a good show, basically. What's it Watch about? It. Please, can you tell me what it's about? You know, uh, yeah, it's just that. So it, it, it's it, it follows um, <laughs> follows people from Chicago yeah. who are basically there living their lives, and um, along the way, they're kind of running into issues that today's society are also kind of experiencing. Whether it's um, trying to chase your dreams over money or deal around or people who kind of go through difficulties in relationships or not just relationships, but I don't know, in their careers and stuff like that. It's, it's again, it's a very kind of realistic look at how people are living their lives today. Cool. I watched Godless. What's that like? On Netflix. Because we are the Netflix review service. Yep. Oh, wow. I could sit there and watch Godless again from the beginning now and just binge the whole thing. It's so good. It what's is, it about? What's it about? It's about a town in the Old West, uh, mining town. And in a mining accident, all the men, about 80 of them in this town, died. Now the town only has women plus a couple of old men, sheriff, and a teenager who thinks he's a deputy. It's awesome. It's got loads of English cast, but they're doing all their, you know... American accents. American accents, uh, and they're doing them well. Um, the storylines they get to explore because of this context is slightly different. It's basically a Western with women. Nice. It's exactly what you think it might be. Okay. Uh it's powerful and satisfying to watch. It's so good. You just want, yeah. I I, I want season two to be twice as violent. It's, it's weird because when I when you hover over it on Netflix, it says a limited series. Which is I, really I don't know what that means. Maybe yeah. because it's short. It's only like sort of eight nine episodes. Hmm. But it's like Defenders, right? It's so good. Uh, I just it's so good that I tried to go and find other westerns to watch. And but nothing was as good. It's all shit. It's all just chauvinistic bollocks with men treating women a specific way, and everyone has to fit into their and roles. And all the women are prostitutes, the, basically. And all yeah, all the roles are the same. And it's just like Godless just opened this door into that into an alternative view of that world. And I want to see so much more of it. Um, yeah, have you seen it yet at all? It's on my list. Okay, have you seen The Crown? No. Cool. Neither have I, and I'm not going to. That's, I'm glad you said that. Why are you not going to watch it? Uh, I was listening to this Radio 4 interview with a guy called Hugo Vickers, who's like a royal family historian. Yep. Uh, he just came on as a guest on another show, and he said something which was really irritating. Now, I was in two minds about watching The Crown. I thought, do I really want to see a series about... Because uh, I, 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 I lean towards uh, Republican feelings a lot of the time, uh, you know. Uh, I think voting for people who become head of state is, um, well, I mean, I know the Americans are trying to prove this wrong, uh, <laughs> but voting for people who become head of state is a generally, you know, better model. Um, anyway, that's another long conversation. So do I want to watch this? Might be interesting. And then I had this guy saying, oh, it's not, it's not true. 
it's like how they've <clears throat> told the stories of Prince Philip um, and Queen Elizabeth. They've sort of changed stories and added things and it's not what what you're watching is didn't happen and those weren't the emotions that happened and those weren't the reasons that people did things. So now I'm thinking, why the fuck do I want to watch it? Because it's not even true. And it's about <coughs> some stuff that makes me uncomfortable anyway. So uh, really this is about, I haven't seen it either and I'm probably going to give it a miss. Absolutely. I think I'm probably going to give it a miss as well. Now, the reason I, I say this is historic. Matt Smith's awesome. Matt Smith is the doctor. Matt's Matt's Philip. Matt's Philip. Matt Philippe. Matt's Ryan yeah. Philippe. Yeah, he was a doctor. Not, he was the doctor. Like a GP service. For the universe, yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think for, I didn't know that it wasn't accurate, but I think, uh, historically, when we look at shows like this, um, it's usually favoring somebody's side and from all the clips that I see, all the trailers that you see, it's like, it almost makes you wonder whether they're going to tell the truth about everything that happened. Um, and I just see it and I'm like, no, thank you. Don't, don't try. And when they put the banner up on Netflix, it just makes me just annoyed even more that they're shoving it down my throat. You know, it's just like, stop. Not like they don't do it in the real world. And then they have to leak over into Netflix and then ruin that for me. Are you a fan of the Royal Family? I'm not. No, I don't particularly oh, okay. care for what they do or if they do anything, to be fair. Okay. Are you going to watch the Royal Wedding next year? I I am. Okay. I am. I'm intrigued also. Um, I think it's going to be in interest. That I, I, just to hear the uncomfortable commentary from all the commentators. Yes. Is why I'm going to watch it. Yes. And some other reasons. Uh, Boy with the Top Knot. Have you heard of this? It is a two Boy with the Top Knot is a two part series, two part program on BBC iPlayer, and it's one of these interesting little cultural explorations that the BBC have created, and it's not half bad for a change. Sometimes they sort of. I was about to say a phrase that I don't know how to translate it into English because we use it. Oh, it's got what's his face in there from. Some, uh... Sometimes the BBC. St- you know what I mean in uh, in a different language. If I say it this way, sometimes the BBC st- oversteam it. Oversteam. I oversteam these things. The Buffett. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here they ha- they haven't done that, and it's uh, Scott was his face from Iron Fist. Yes. Yeah, and he was in uh, Sherlock as well. Oh. Um. So yeah, it's uh, cool. Uh, and apart from that, we'll be watching Fargo because it's brilliant and uh, it's about time I watched it. I don't even need to talk about that. It's better than the film. So good. Really? Yeah. And and everyone who's, who anyone who's everyone, everyone who's anyone is in it. Like so many people. So movies. Uh, movies. Um, you watch Dark Tower. I'll move that over to another place. Okay. Go on. You watch Dark Tower. I did. What do you think? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Okay. It's, uh, (laughs) what do I say? It is awesome. Probably as a book. As, as the way it's been interpreted as a movie is saddening. Is what I'm going to say. Is it Stephen King? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, Idris does his best. Is it? Is it <laughs> look, is it good enough? I don't. I, I don't know how to describe it. I would watch it if I wanted to watch something that was like non-cerebrally stressing. Yep. With some popcorn and a beer on a Friday night, and just zonk out and not really care if I fall asleep while I'm watching it. I'd watch The Dark Tower. It's that kind of film, popcorn film. It's not. Hmm. <laughs> it ain't gonna be nominated for anything anytime soon. Um, <laughs> is what I'm gonna say. But it's not as bad as um, <laughs> that shit Franco film you made me watch. I disagree. What? I disagree. What the Dark Tower is not as bad. No, I you think Dark Tower is worse than that shit Franco film. Okay, no. <laughs> I don't think that film was bad at all. What is the name of that shit Franco film? I, I can't remember. It was that bad. The Disaster Artist. Very good. Appropriate. <laughs> I knew what you were doing. I just don't want to fall into it. <laughs> God. That was such a pile of poops. The last 10 minutes was entertaining. Um, I don't get what he's doing there. What is what is he doing? <laughs> tell me, tell me, you really like this film. Tell me why. I enjoyed it. I think it stressed me out. This film was fa- a fantastic look at how someone who makes such a shit film. Franco. I'm not talking about that film. Oh, okay. talking about the original Room film. Someone who makes such a shit film well, can. But uh, well, this is the story of what's his name? Wizzo. Tommy, Tommy Whistler. Who made The Room. Yeah. But this has, is a film about one of the shittest films ever made. Yes. Okay. And this film has garnered a ridiculous amount of cult success in the past decade or so. But what I think is remarkable as a filmmaker, and I'm sure there's a part of you that can appreciate this, what, what is remarkable is that how somebody can make something like this be so mental when he's making it and yet come out with something that has garnered a following that something perhaps like only Doctor Who can boast. Do, do you know what I mean? Like over time, it's because only Doctor Who has a handful of fans. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Doctor wow. Who is... <laughs> this is why our listenership is going down. No, it's going down because of how when you give me massive lectures... Of like half an hour lectures on things well, like Doctor Who. and and then I have no choice but to sit there for 15, Aww. 20 minutes okay. and not say anything. And then for 10 minutes, I can actually talk. I know? feel like there's an email I haven't read that you received. <laughs> Go on. Wizzo. Yeah. And so I think what, what James Franco has done here, he's, he's told this story in the, in the best way that he knows how through effectively satire. It's, uh, it's a, it's a film that looks at these two guys who wanted nothing more than become, you know, probably one of the greatest filmmakers that have ever lived, I guess. Uh, and what we see here is that they failed in doing that, but indirectly, what they've done is they've made themselves infamous. Uh, I, can, I can see why people would watch it to have a laugh because it's really that bad. Because they showcase it at the end of the film and they show you, look, this is what we did. And in case you think we're just taking the piss, this is the original. Yeah. It was cringy. The, the film was cringy? No, the, the original. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Is this the point? Why would someone want to watch The Disaster Artist? Um, if you've seen The Room, or at least if you've seen various clips from The Room, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. And if you haven't read the book behind the film, okay, as in the book on how That's it was made, book, right? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Written the by disaster uh, artist. Greg. Yeah, um, Sistero. Yeah. So Greg Sistero wrote the book about the making of this film. Right. And for those obviously who don't want to read this book, there's always the movie. You know, it's taking the movie over the book, book thing. These things. Uh, it is. That's that's what it is. It's a reimagining of this book, and it's telling us how it's essentially. Essentially, what we have here is a behind-the-scenes look at how he made that film, but in the perspective of James Franco. Cool. And this is the reason we're not reviewing Wonder right now. So, uh, Jumanji trailer. We've seen the Jumanji trailer today, and... (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) For, For the people that don't get to watch a video of our shows, he's swearing at me a lot today. Yeah, go on. I feel like there's going to be a day yeah. where I just walk out of the room and drive <laughs> off. I just, And then you're going to be left finishing the podcast by yourself. And then oh. I'm going to write my own book about how that happened. Sure. Okay. And then I'm going to make a film about it. And then I'll become famous. And then you'll be talking about that film. And then you're going to be like, why is anybody Brilliant. watching that? This is fun Christmas and then I'm show. Gonna, and then I'm going to buy Movieville out. Welcome to our Christmas show. <laughs> Full of good feelings and sharing joy. So we watched Jumanji trailer. That was awesome. Um, Now, I'm not usually a fan of films that take an original and kind of, I'm going to use the term reboot. Is it meant to be a remake? No, but this is the thing that people are getting confused. What I love about the concept of this film is it's taken the original concept that we, I'm guessing you've seen Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that we... Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. That we both love. The, when uh, I watched it, I liked it. Hmm? When I watched it, I liked it. But you don't like it anymore? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, sorry. Yeah. Um, what happens is CG goes out of date. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. then it becomes uncomfortable because it's not quite as magical. Sure. As okay. it was. Um, so they, they take a concept that we love. Yes. And what they've done is they've updated it and they've brought it into our generation. And so what's happened, based on the trailer from what I'm seeing, I haven't read a synopsis or anything, but what I've seen in the trailer is what they've done in the history of the film is Jumanji obviously had some kind of cult following. And from this cult following, someone's made a video game. And this video game has the same powers as the board game did. So... Oh, I see. This is the story of the... Well, new film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's a video game. So these four characters, Rock, Dwayne Johnson, uh, both people saying people, Rock, Jack Black, what's their face, Karen Dillon, and Kevin Hart, they are... Therefore, know, Karen Gillian's in it. Yeah, yeah. From Doctor Who. She's the redhead. I didn't even see her in the trailer. Yeah, she's the one who's kicking people and beating I, them up. Probably because I just was watching The Rock a lot. And we're talking about the same person, aren't we? The one that was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Amelia Pond. Who? No, you can't say who. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. 
Anyway, you're going to have a proper Doctor Who Christmas if uh, if I could drag you around my house. Okay. So, anyway, so these four characters for these four characters are their avatars yep. in the video game, and it's actually four kids who are playing this game, but they get sucked into the game and they get transformed into these characters. Oh, right. Okay. So, and then, so they, they become adults. Yes. We're not saying that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what's funny about it. And that's what's kind of interesting about it is that they've taken a concept that we know and love and they've updated it for our generation and the kids' generation. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's what I'm interested to see. And there's a scene in, in the trailer, I'm not sure if you picked up on it, you probably did, when Jack Black gets eaten by the hippopotamus. No. And then he comes falling from the sky. Yes. That's another life. Oh, I see. So I'm interested in seeing how they're dealing with stuff like that, like from a video game perspective. Um, so that's not, no, I think it's, I think it's a good concept for a film. And I think anything with Dwayne and when Kevin Hart, they it just, it kills. I think they are the, so the rock is the only celebrity person that I've added to my Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And it's mainly because of his Kevin Hart videos that he keeps putting up um, when they're just sitting around messing about doing stuff. Yeah. And it's fucking brilliant. It's it, 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 he, he's just killing it with everything he's doing though. The rock. Yeah. Like yes. this president, I'm seeing more and more, more stuff about this presidential stuff. Like he's legit considering being a president, running for president. I don't know what's going to happen there. Wow. But from watching him, when he used to wrestle and watching him now, what we have here is a legit businessman. Like, Oh yeah. He's got his own production company. He knows, he gets it. He knows everything. Like he understands the concept of life and he's basically, he's hacked it (laughs) and he's killing it. It's worrying that he's not getting much sleep. Yes. I hope he doesn't suddenly disappear. Limitless. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like sounds like a scenario. So, there's one more film that we've watched that we should talk about. Yes, are we on? Are we on? We are on forty three. Oh yeah, so we've got seventeen minutes to finish this off. I don't care <laughs> because it's my podcast. Okay, so do you want to start? Well, right. So we haven't had any conversations about this. Nope. So, no, no, you start, you start. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we watched Star Wars The Last Jedi on Thursday, which was opening night. Yeah. Um, We watched it again this morning um, just to kind of get our heads clearer, I guess, and understand what we kind of, I guess, give it a chance to process it. Um, Can we, can we, what what are you going to talk about first? My overall reaction. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, when I saw the trailer for this film, I was extremely excited. When I watched Force Awakens, right? I remember having a conversation with you about this and how. It- so th- this is majorly. This is going to be like fifteen, twenty minutes of just spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. There's no yeah. way anyone should be listening to this. Spoiler alert! Absolutely. Yeah. If you haven't seen the film, switch this off. Yep. Or just pause it and come back to it. So when I watched Force Awakens, and I remember the conversation that we had three years ago, and I said that it had reignited my love, I'm paraphrasing it, reignited my love for Star Wars, and it wanted, I wanted to find out more about the lore of these characters and kind of what inspired these characters to come to be. Yeah. And 
when I watched, I remember coming out of that film thinking, God, man, what, when, when can I get more? When is this going to continue? Like I wanted more from the end of that film. Okay. And then I watched the beginning of this film. No, I watched this film and I didn't have that same feeling coming out of it. I felt underwhelmed. Um, there were amazing sequences in this film um, that made me enjoy it, but some of it felt like a drag. Okay. No. Which <clears throat> it sounds, it's, it's disappointing to say. Um, is it a bad film? No, by any stretch of the motion, it is not. But I've seen a lot of comments across the internet and social media to say that it's the best Star Wars film yet. I wholeheartedly disagree. Force Awakens for me is yeah. is very high up there. This this probably is it's probably in the middle, but I wouldn't say it's the best. That there are things in this film that constitute it kind of if there was more of that stuff, then perhaps it would have probably been one of the best, but it's not. Right. So there's a lot of people saying a lot of things. So I dug out um um you know enemy magazine. Yeah. Enemies got had an article um, about they they were just like nine or something um, unanswered Star Wars questions. They they published it like the day of the film uh, release, which is quite frustrating because you you know it's just it was just full of spoilers. Um, but I managed to avoid all the media and then watch it. Now, I think the claim this is the best Star Wars film to date or whatever. It's kind of a stupid thing to claim because no one watches this film in isolation. The earlier films you can watch in isolation. If there is a best film, you can watch something like uh, the first couple of, you know, four and five or Rogue One or episode one. Don't do that. In isolation. You can't watch this film in isolation on its own. You have to have watched some of the other stuff, which means they're all part of a long story. So... How can you say it's the best film? It makes no sense because it's a film in the context of other films. So saying that, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Uh, I don't know who's saying these things, but I have my own reason for saying that. And that is that to me, this was, even though this isn't a book, this was the stuff in the expanded universe that was brought into this film that's never sort of talked about or been, or been seen in films before. And... <laughs> that made it a very, very, very enjoyable film uh, that I know I'm going to watch again and again. I thought it was really cool. Um, I can't say it's a, the best or the, my favourite or anything like that, but it's going to be one of the better, most enjoyable films to watch. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think if I had a, an option, not as much of an option, it's probably poor comparison, but let's just say, for example's sake, if I was to come, if I, if I had an option of watching, I don't know, um, episode three. <laughs> this no, that's that's. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Um, okay. Rogue One or this? Okay, I'd say this. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot more in this film that we probably didn't pick up on. <clears throat> um, just small things like the creature in the back when Ray's coming up that mountain. Um, when she dives into that cave. Uh, or was pulled into that cave. There's stuff in that water 
right, okay. that we might not have picked up on. I don't know. Maybe it's just like Easter eggs or stuff like that. Maybe not a big deal, but um, even the whispers, what, what are the whispers saying? Do you know what I mean? When she first encounters the, the tree. Yes. So stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, there's stuff we can pick out from that, but um, th- there are definitely s- scenes in this film that I was blown away by. Like this man, the scene where Ray and Kylo are fighting off those gods. Okay. My favorite scene in the film. Oh, okay. Um, I, I loved it. I, I, I couldn't get enough of that. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so go on. You, shall I, do you want me to, shall I? Uh, yeah, let's pick out a few <laughs> things. Uh, there were some bits that were fairly irritating, like um, that first Luke scene where he chucks the lightsaber. Yeah. That was like, okay, this is, uh, they've done that on purpose as an anticlimax after all the hype of the last film. Uh, seemed unnecessary. It was quite annoying. It's, it's that word that we've been talking about for the last two episodes. Bathos. Kind of, yeah. There's a lot, I think there was it, a lot of that in this, epi- in this episode. Yeah, and it didn't work. It didn't, some, I don't think most of it worked. Uh, there were, I don't know if he was joking about calling the lightsaber a laser sword because um, people are saying, oh, he made a joke about that. But it's, it doesn't, when I watched it again, it didn't feel like a joke and that's not what it is. Uh, and I don't, obviously it's bullshit and it's a film. I'm not, not stupid, but <laughs> but when you read tons and tons of material, then there is a, and this is where we start to fall out with Disney because, well, I start to fall out because it seems to be that the canon, uh, the rights of the canon is now owned by someone else. Okay, yeah. yeah. And they've, Disney have decided to come along and actually change lots of things and say, even the Darth Plagueis book is now no longer canon. So it doesn't make any sense. So, so, so this is like, hang on a minute. So this is big, long story. And you've come along and said, right, sod the kids, Jaina, Jason and Ben, we're going to squish them all into Ben. And then there's some other random girl. And that's it. So all those books are not canon because we've said, no, fuck that story. Uh, Thrawn is not canon uh, because Luke meets a woman and has his son, Ben. So that's not canon. So they've written a new Thrawn book, which has just come out, which I'm going to have a read and see what I think. Um, But it's kind of getting confusing and annoying because they're just coming along and saying, no, we're going to rewrite all the history and everything. We've decided what it is and this is old stuff is all bullshit. So it's frustrating because like now we've got the Jedi warrior, you know, the tree with the temple and all that stuff, which looks suspiciously like the rebel alliance symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought so as well, yeah. But that's not where the symbol came from. Have you played Force Unleashed? Yes. So Galen Marek. Name's familiar. Uh, the kid is stolen from the Marek family who becomes Starkiller. Oh, Starkiller, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. His original family crest, that's his original family crest. And because he sacrificed himself and that was the start of the rebellion, that's why they have that logo. That's awesome. So you'd have to have an extra story that says the reason that's their family crest is they are somehow force worshippers or Jedi worshippers or something. It's just like, they're just screwing up this whole story. Um, I'd really like to play that again. Yeah, that'd be fun. But you probably can't play it anymore because it's probably not canon. Oh, man. Everything's just getting ripped apart. Um, Yeah, apart from that, choreography was okay. I think they've put a lot of focus into um, Ray's choreography to make her move and fight in a certain way and even scream and stuff. What kind of way? It, 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 I'm not letting go of my theory. I still feel like this is 
this feels like someone who could be related to Sidious. Um, she was even doing the whole, you know, reverse handle screaming strike thing. So to, to recap, um, Kushal had a theory and I thought it was an interesting theory. Uh, in the last episode, we kind of discussed the uh, potential lineage of Rey and how her father um, could be Darth uh, Sidious, who is Emperor Palpatine. Um, and this theory was completely shit on in The Last Jedi, which I don't particularly agree with. And I don't think, which leads into one of my points, which, which I, I think was a ruse. I don't think, I don't think that is true. Um, I think they've done that to throw us off the scent or I think one of these articles that you've put a link to, uh, it said um, that Kylo merely said that to throw her off the scent and just to kind of get her on his side. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. That's what it feels like. And there's another article I read, which I don't particularly agree with. It said that um, they think that it was quite firm in the way they delivered that in terms of that her parents were actually junkers and that's the end of it. And even the way she rejected Kylo completely, which again, I disagree with because there was no firm rejection there. When she saw Kylo for the last time through the force. Yes. That force wasn't done by Snoke. Yeah, they're linked together now. Yeah, but when the way she looked at him, it was almost with a sense of, there was a hesitant there. She was hesitating for something. Yeah, it was the way my other half looks at me when I haven't put the bins out. <coughs> yes. <laughs> she would just close the door and go sleep. Um, so I think there's a lot more there. I think I, I don't buy that her parents were junkers. It was too easy. Um, they can't, they might. It's un, I mean, it's, it's perfectly and like, it's perfectly acceptable, not acceptable. It's perfectly, uh, um, I don't know. That it's, it's likely that they will kind of just wipe, wipe that clean and kind of continue on with how they are. But I like to think, I'm sure you like to think that she has a lot more history than just a couple of junkers or, Here's my other theory that I kind of thought of yeah. was that she probably did have junkers as parents, but Sidious didn't want a child. And because he had an apprentice at the time, he might have thrown thrown her away and given her yeah. two yeah, junkers. Possible. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. That could be the situation. So um, I think the wide angle grand space shots looked like space based sci-fi has not looked before in the cinema. I think they were awesome. Another one of my favorite scenes, uh, the, the run where Poe is, one of the first scenes is when Poe is destroying all the surface cannons. Yes. That was just, there are shots in the space battles in this film that could be taken out and just turned into murals and posters, yep. paintings. They were just... Even the... the when Admiral light speeds through the Snoke's ship. Wow. There's that frame. Just that one frame. Yeah. It's fucking... I don't use this for film a lot anymore because it sounds really pretentious, but it was beautiful. It was... Yeah, it was good. And I thought they were going to... They'll keep Laura Dern for a while. That's a big name to put in the Star Wars film. She 
they didn't, but it was still nice to have her there for a while. It was uh, someone from that same sort of era of filmmaking that uh, was a huge star that people today might not recognize. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, Jurassic Park and um, some strange Nicolas Cage films. Uh, uh, she's, you know, she's she was awesome and she was good in this. She has amazing screen presence, so that was just perfect. When you have someone that plays as a slightly sort of backup role in that way, it's difficult to get someone to get a character right. I think they did that right. Yeah, CG, special effects, everything was done with a light touch. Um, my favourite thing was the fact that they seem to have used the puppet of Yoda. Yes, I love that. I was when I saw the back of his head, I was so afraid that they were going to use a CG yes. Yoda. And then you see his face; it's like yes. And then he does that the little jumping dance thingy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is great. Even with Chewbacca, like they've stuck with the old ways. And even when I don't know if you picked this up, you probably did. Um, something as simple as when the doors in the ships close. They speed that up. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. To make them look go faster. And I love the stuff like that. Like they, they haven't tinkered with the stuff that made the old ones, like it gave them the charm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It has a really good feel. So yeah. that was, that made it a very pleasant experience. Uh, some of Ray's dialogue was a bit weird. I'll have to get, I guess you'll have to watch it a few more times of getting used to it, but and get used to it because it was a bit off. I don't know if it was supposed to be off, if those were the shots that they wanted, if that's how they wanted it said, but wasn't feeling some of it, which is upsetting. But yeah, so nice to have Yoda sit there and and fire his philosophy <laughs> yes. out to everyone. Uh, what were enemies' questions? They asked about Snoke. They said, who the fuck? Well, don't know, because they keep messing with canon, so who knows? Maybe they will try and turn him into Plagueis. We don't know. But he doesn't seem like he's not a mun. Uh, he just looked like the nasty, evil big brother of Gollum. Yep. Technically was. It is, uh, I can't appreciate characters like that when they, we don't have any backstory around them. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the same time, wait, he's not in the neither the canon, is he? Well, I don't, I don't know because I recently went on, I recently went on and got whole, uh, uh, got a load of books. Yeah. So I'm going to read and I'll let you know. Okay. So, so yeah, stuff like that. I mean, it, um, it's different if it's for the fans, but when there is no base of this character, at least one that we know about, it's frustrating to watch him and not understand who he is other than he's the Supreme Leader. Where was Billy D. Williams? Yes. I don't know. That was weird. It feels like they can get all these other characters to reprise their roles, but then they can't get... It feels odd. Yeah. Because I can't imagine that they would... I can't imagine why they wouldn't put them in there. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it was strange. Maybe something will happen. We don't know. We talked about Ray's parents. Uh, what do you think of... Um, uh, sorry, especially considering there's a... he uh, He's going to be played by Gambino in, like, the... Well, especially considering they went to a fucking casino with people, <coughs> with people playing, like, Sabak, the game that he used to play with Solo in the books. So in the, in also, the, that game is in the Bane trilogy, so... Yeah, so this is a game that uh, gambling card game thing that Solo and Lando used to play a lot, and they all the adventures and things that they had together involved them getting distracted by gam- opportunities to gamble. And in this film, we went to a casino, and there's no Lando. I was watching it, thinking, "Ah, this will be it. Mm. 
Nothing. But the collector made an appearance, which is weird. That was really strange. What is up with that? What is he? I don't get that whole character. That he was just, he, he just disappeared. Like he, we saw him and then he disappeared. He, yeah. Much like the collector. People do disappear very quickly in Star Wars. It was like in Rogue One, uh, with that guy from who they blew up Jeddah, but yep. that guy from Mos Eisley that Luke meets in the canteen. Oh yeah, had quickly appeared and disappeared before the city blew up. So people do disappear quickly. Mm. Must be some super space transport thing. It was stupid. It was annoying. stupid. Uh, will Luke appear as a force ghost? They said. Well, yeah. Make, why not? It makes sense. Why not? He yeah. he he ended his life the same way as everyone else's. He disappeared. It would be easy for him to do that, uh, or for them to do that, as in yeah. Mark Hamill to do that as well. An appearance as a force ghost would require him to do very little, and considering he's not getting any younger, I think that would be a great way to do him. Also. Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. They had a, they had a question about um, Kylo Ren being, now being the new Sith Lord. Mm. And this is where I think that people didn't get Kylo's character in the entire film. He never stopped being a Sith Lord at any point in this film. Yep. He was exactly, he did, he did everything he was supposed to do and he didn't turn because they were talking about, oh, and there was a big twist, he turns against his master. No, you haven't. You don't get Star Wars. He did. it's just Sidious turned against his master. Doesn't mean he went to the light side. That is the objective. It's the opposite. That's the objective <coughs> of every Sith is to get to the stage where they can kill their master. It is the final graduation of a Sith Lord that they kill their master, and therefore the average power of the Sith has increased. That's that's the that's part of the law. So there you go. He actually did. So. It wasn't focused on as much or explained in the film, but that was a big moment mm. th- that he did that. So, uh, Poe and Ray meet. This seems to confuse people. It's really strange. Why? Do you find it strange? Yeah, a little bit. Just, a, just the fact that... No, I don't find the fact that they meet for the first time strange. I just find it weird that they made them meet in this film. Okay. Um, that's all. But the fact that they meet in general isn't weird. Like, okay, I just expected it to happen sooner. Yeah, they're both really close to BB-8. Yeah, which is a weird thing, isn't it? So that that was weird. Uh, and they said, "Will there be a time jump in Episode Nine? Um, I think so. I, I, it, I, you get the feeling from that force-powered uh, kid at the end. Mm. You get the feeling that this is the beginning of a, a long ass story. Yeah, arc because that, they'd have to cast him as someone who's up and coming at the time. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that they need to explain Leia's de- uh, Carrie Fisher's death in some way, and the only way they could do that is with a time jump, I guess, whether it's a few months or whatever. We didn't talk about the Leia thing. People seem to. That was really weird. She was very oh, I've written girly. LOS Lost in Space. I've written. That was very super girly. Uh, Leia Organa solo in space. <laughs> Lost in space. Uh-huh. You say it's very super girly. Yeah. I guess. For me, that kind of stuff is straight out of Expanded Universe, so, as was Luke's materialization um, and that crazy stuff. And they hinted at the materialization when when the other two were meeting and actually touching hands. Mm. People are watching it 
and asking questions like, well, if she had that much power, why didn't she train and become a Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. Her story is different. Her story is that she's trying to make a difference, but she's not, she didn't really train as a Jedi. And she's not hung up on becoming a Jedi. No. She just wants to make a change. But she's Vader's daughter. And so the way the Force runs through this character, if you're designing a story hmm. and you're designing a death scene for Vader's daughter, blown out of an airlock or whatever is not really yeah. going to make a difference because Vader was blown out of his own airlock in the Tarkin book, I think it was. And he literally force-powered himself over to an enemy ship, sliced himself in and just took out everyone on the ship. It's just, Vader's done the crazy stuff um, and so have other characters. Oh, there's some old, old Republic char- characters that were blown out of a ship um, that was in orbit. Gravity well pulls them in and they use uh, force push to slow down their descent all the way through the atmosphere of a planet managed to land without dying, which is insane. This is the the thing that I guess people forget as well is throughout all of the films that we've seen Leia in, she's always had the force. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think the, that was I th- another subtle thing in this film was when Luke touched her hand. I think she knew at that point he wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, uh, which is also nice. Yeah. And I think that was that was it. I think you're right. Is that she just never needed or wanted to use the force in in a way that she needed to protect herself. I guess uh, because well, she never never done that too. Yeah. Um, the first time she starts to encounter her own force powers is in the books that are written straight after the the Return of the Jedi, and that's the Thrawn trilogy. But Thrawn trilogy is no longer canon, so no idea what they're going to... Disney's basically opened the door to be able to do whatever they want with everyone in their history and just make a whole lot of new books, which is annoying. I'm about to read the Aftermath books, so they should be good. I, I think they're the, some other, they're the first the replacement books that are, in quotes, officially canon. And when when do they take place? They're by a guy called Chuck Wendig. Do they take place? I like- think after Jedi. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't started reading them, so I don't. I don't know yet. How do you? How could all these books exist? And they just came along and said, "No, fuck it, we're going to do what we want." So then, what do you believe? Exactly, it's just odd. What they're trying to say is the films are the films are the films. It doesn't matter what the books say. We're going to make the story up as we go along, which is upsetting slightly, but yeah. It's cool. Still, I, you know what? Let, let me let me say the whole everything a different way. I mean, let me say that same thing a different way. I don't mind if they keep making films once a year until I'm dead. I'll be I'll die happy because this is really yeah. fun. Yes, it is. I agree. <laughs> uh, going back to that theory thing I, I was talking about. Yeah. Um. It just feels like if they are leaning towards a turn on behalf of Ray. They're just replaying history. Um, we're just getting another Anakin, if that's what's going to happen. See, I, I, so I'm, I'm fast losing hope that this is what they're going to do. Okay, but I think they should be creating a human version of Ahsoka. Yeah. Okay. Someone who is a Force user that doesn't affiliate themselves with either of these crazy people sides. That also makes sense. Yeah, because she was the first neutral, official neutral canon character. 
Unless they're going to say Clone Wars isn't canon either, which if we've deleted it. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, so have we got anything else on, on the list to talk about? Um, the music. Again, I was underwhelmed by the music in this one as, as well. Okay. It didn't feel as grand as the last one. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of allusions in the music to hope. And I think that's what this film was about. It was about hope. Um, because there was a lot. They said that a lot in this. And, you know, there was spark to ignite the hope and all this kind of other stuff. And th- they were talking about it a lot. And I think going into the last film of this particular franchise of this particular saga, I guess. Okay. Yep. It, it, it makes sense. I guess the, all, all it's, we have hope here, but then who's going to carry on that through the next film? That's what's yep. going to be interesting to see. So I've just seen a whole load of other notes. So let's do it. Um, you had a great, this is a bit of a trivia, I guess you um, were talking about, I don't know if you wrote it. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, no, you didn't. But the guards, the guards I was curious about. And yeah. when we saw the guards on the film, because I just started re- reading the, da- uh, the the Bane trilogy and there's a there's a bit in the book where Des is about to fight these officers oh, just yeah, after the yeah. back game. Yeah. And... Um, Vibroblades. Vibroblades. That's it. No, yeah. I, I said hyperblades yeah. and I was like, what? <laughs> um... So yeah, yeah. So um, yes, I, that's what they look like. Yeah, and that's what they are. I think because well, there are variations of them anyway. Because they they were using the what do you call it, the axe and the whip thing. And well, you see, Star Wars started off giving everything semi-intelligent <coughs> names or mystical names. I mean, the the flipping sword they use is called a lightsaber. That's a very that's yep. a romantic name. Yep. You know, meaning light, big long light tooth. It's a nice. Now they've fucked it up because now they're just. I mean, the sh- the sh- those big guns on the Dreadnought were called autocannons. Worse, they said, retarget the autocannons. Why are they called autocannons? <laughs> if you're having to retarget them and recharge them and... What the... I think you've named them wrong. I think they're called cannons. It probably refers to... Not to play devil's advocate here, but it probably refers to the firing rate of them because they were quite... Boom, 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 boom. Maybe semi-autocans, please. Well, it, the name is still shit. It's a bit of a Star Trek-y name. I think they've got a bit of Star Trek with the names of these things now. Uh, you know, like, by by Hexacrypto Bollocks. Well, I don't know oh, yeah. what he was talking yeah, about. That was it's just like, stupid. oh, don't, don't it, go Star Trek. It felt like, you know, when you watch those stupid, like, you send me several videos of, of people playing hackers and they just start talking about things that have that don't make sense. They're talking about coding and all this kind of stuff and talking about... Technobabble. Technobabble, literally. That's what it was. Um, okay. What yeah. I found interesting was... Um, it was... Well, I don't, we didn't really talk about it much. I know you kind of spoke about the kind of orig- or potential origins of Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Um, and... One of the questions I was asking myself uh, by the end of this film was, where are they putting that in there just to pander to the fans to kind of say, um, you know, that it's a rite of passage of a Jedi to create his own lightsaber, her own lightsaber. And he's obviously made this through synthetic ways. Is that what you said? Synthetic crystals? Well, that was, I mean... That was a theory. Yeah, that was a theory. Um... But then by the end of The Last Jedi, we see Rey with 
the broken saber. I think that's the first time they've shown a crystal yeah, in a yeah. movie. Yeah. And then it was less pandering and it was more alluding to what we're going to see, I think. Um, because by the end of it, Leia sits down with Ray and says, Ray says, um, what are we, we going to do now? How are we going to build a rebellion with this? And Leia says to her, we have everything we need. Now, whether she was referring to Ray herself, the people around them or the lightsaber, um, that was kind of interesting. And that again is the whole hope thing coming together. Yeah. Um, which was nice, I think. Yeah. Uh, because anyone that's dug a little deeper into the expanded universe will know that if she could individually with her mind control the components of that saber, she could literally take it apart and rebuild it with her brain. Um, which is cool because that's a, that's a, that's a thing she needs to learn. Yeah, and considering she's a she's a, a junker, she can take a part and build anything she wants because she can build up or take apart the Millennium Falcon because she knows that was... <laughs> that was she, she's odd, odd character. She seems to just know everything. Her interviews are hilarious, though. She's the best thing in her interview. She's so funny. She's got a sense of humour, which is fantastic. That's good. Um, the other thing, which is weird, yeah. um, was the... The scene where the Jedi Temple is burning, yes, was actually in the trailer of the Force Awakens, yes, which I found really weird. Okay, so they were referring to a scene in yeah, because she has it in her vision, and I think this is something for the fans because I, I think if you once you go into the book books, the ones that are not part of the story anymore, you still have part of the same story, which is that yeah you know, one of the solo kids turns and does all this stuff. So they've kind of kept the same outline story. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Um, the other thing, the last thing I picked up on was when, so obviously we saw uh, Yoda burn the tree down. That was weird. Yeah. That's cool though. What we didn't know yeah. was that Ray had grabbed these books. When Finn is in the Falcon... And he pulls out that drawer. The books are in that drawer, yeah. Yeah, that which was true. interesting. Yeah. Um, so now, I don't know how they're going to do it because Yoda was saying basically everything that's in, that are in those books, Ray already knows. So I don't know why they've kind of reintroduced them again because if that was the death of the Jedi religion, why are they reintroducing them again through the form of the texts? I don't know what they're doing anymore. I have, have to say, after this film, I, I don't know. I mean, everyone who's watched um, any of the animations or read any, any of even one or two books will have come across these special people in the Star Wars universe called Slicers. And Slicers are technological wizards. They can get at anything, do anything with information, uh, and with all of the Star Wars technology, they can slice gaps in shields and hack or crack anything, but they're called, but the word, there's no word such as hack or crack. Their word for it is slice. And they completely deleted that. That The word slice is no longer canon. <laughs> and they said, we need a hacker, cracker person that can hack and crack his way into the hacky, cracky things that we need to hack and crack. And it's like, oh, you dickheads. That was annoying. They felt like they were doing it on purpose. Yeah. It was silly. We need someone that can break out of jail with a chewing gum wrapper. Oh, yeah. And it just begged the question, just 
if he could do it to begin with, then why did he wait for them to come in? It's weird. He could have. He didn't need them to take that ship. It was odd. Was he put there by the first order? Just stupid. Just gonna have to get it. Gonna have to find out because don't know what they're doing anymore. But it was fun. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. But we am. We are on one eighteen. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. It's not one and a half. Once it's edited down, it'll be one and a bit. Yeah. How'd you like that, listeners? I don't think they'll reply. <laughs> it's not a two-way form of communication. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, if you like that, hit subscribe and add it to your collection. We're on Sound... No, we're not on SoundCloud. I do this every day, every week, every month. <laughs> we're on Overcast, Acast, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, iTunes. Um, Joe, so just add us to your collection and listen to us because we do these things every month. Um, all right. I think that's it. Will we, when's the next one? Did you just call me Joe? I felt like I did. <laughs> I don't know why I called you Joe. It's fine. Other people do. It's... Um, when's the next one? One, two, three. January. January. We hope you enjoy your festive break. Yes. Uh, make sure you eat plenty of food and drink responsibly. Not too much. Not too much. Um, have fun with your loved ones and your peoples and uh, oblig- obligations and obligatory parties that you have to go to. Um, we will be having fun also. Yes. Remember Christmas Day, a tradition every year for anyone who's into sci-fi. Every Christmas Day, there is an episode of Doctor Who. Well, that's it. See you in four. (laughs) See ya.